Wednesday. This is Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. This is Ash Wednesday for all the Christians out there. The beginning of Lent. Uh, time to spend some time in contemplation and think about the things that you're grateful for. And perhaps, uh, you know, give up something for a period of time to just uh, act as a reminder of the sacrifices of uh, uh, Jesus and 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 how minor your sacrifices are in in comparison. So uh, you know it's uh, a time of reflection for most Christians, and uh, so it begins today. Many people will be going to um, Ash Wednesday services. If you see somebody walking around with a mark on their forehead, it just means that they are are showing their faith. Uh, to the world as they mar- march around uh, or go throughout the day. Uh, many Christians will wash it off, but others will, will keep the ashes on their forehead throughout the day and just say, this is who I am. This is a reminder of, uh, of my faith. And, uh, and Lent will last through now through Easter. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, the, in fact, what traditionally a lot of people uh, uh, Christians of faith will do is you know they'll give up something and one of the traditional things they give up is is eating um, meat on Fridays and so that was where that tradition of fish uh, on Fridays started. What you'll see is that a whole bunch of um, uh, fast food places will be advertising fish sandwiches if you haven't already noticed it. They've some of them have started and so you'll notice that there's availability of fish sandwiches and fish tacos and fish things that uh, obviously they will. Uh, Make sure that you know that you can still eat out and have fast food and still have you can still have greasy, unhealthy food, uh, even when you're giving up meat. So uh, yay for us. We can have all that greasy, unhealthy food. Um, Easter is the 4th of April. So basically for the entire month of March, we'll be in the season of Lent. So uh, anyhow, um, let's see what else is going on. We... Um, Newser has a list of the greediest and sinful places. Um, it's actually not just greediest. What they did is they took the seven deadly sins and uh, and they tried to apply them to specific actions or activities, right? So anger and hatred. So they, they, they measure violent crimes, sex offenders, and, and bullying. I'm not quite sure how bullying is measured, but they measure those. For jealousy, they do identity, theft, and fraud. For excess and vices, obesity rates, share of adult smokers, and drug overdose deaths. For greed, gambling disorders, embezzlement arrests. For lust, time spent on porn sites and prostitution arrests. For vanity, beauty salons per capita, and money spent on personal care products. And then laziness, time spent watching TV or uh, shares of adults who don't exercise. Uh, and so they said, and, and based on those numbers, they then ranked the most sinful. And Nevada was the number one most sinful state and the number one in the greed category. California was the second most sinful state, but we weren't number one in anything. We were just, you know, high on the lists. Um, Texas, number one in lust. That was the third highest state in most sinful. Then Georgia, number one in jealousy. 
It's interesting. Florida's number five. They weren't number one in anything. So like California, Florida is just generally sinful. Uh, then Louisiana's number one in excess and vices. Tennessee's number one in hatred and anger. This is their seventh overall. South Carolina's number eight. Illinois, number nine. And Mississippi rounds out the top ten is number one in laziness, which I suspect there's a bunch of people in Mississippi who would go, um, yeah, no. <laughs> um, I've got family in Mississippi, and they're workers. They're, they're hard workers. So, you know, I, it, these kind of things always irritate me. And, you know, they sort of they want to put, like, um, you know, a, a, a moral... Uh, measurement on a an area and you know there it's it's like all generalizations you can't say all people in southern california are vapid but you know yeah the people some people in hollywood that you see on television might be um you know it's just that's the way it is it's funny though because they go back and then they say now for those who want to pat themselves on the back and 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 talk about how how um shiny their angel wings are we can talk about the 10 least sinful too here's aaron hi there hi i was just going through the list of the 10 most sinful city or states in the in the in the united states and saying how um you know like all generalizations these things are are probably not a good idea to i mean it's it's funny to read but it's you know oh, it's don't yeah, but don't go with these assumptions that just because Nevada is listed as the most sinful place and that it's number one in the greed category that Nevadans are necessarily greedy people because okay, they're uh, not. Okay, is anybody saying that, though? I mean, No, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a uh, tenuous road we walk when we start uh, identifying. Oh, because I'll tell you what, there are people... There are people who who live in other states because I've lived in other states who look and say California is just a bu- it's just a bunch of sinners it's just it's a terrible place and there are crazy well, people there is. And, it's, <laughs> and and I'm like well uh, you know there's also some really good hardworking people what they don't realize is California being such a huge and diverse state is like there's places in California where you, if you looked up you'd swear you were living in in you know uh, a small town in Nebraska or something because it's farms and and uh, and you know basically very um uh middle class people you know but but what the world sees is what hollywood projects because it's such a big uh you know outward projecting hey look at us type of business right and uh, even if they're shooting their films in in canada because it's cheaper they make la seem like <laughs> a certain thing yeah, yeah okay. you know so you've you've put the disclaimer in there but yeah, but we we should we certainly have our share of vapid people, you know. Um, uh, so anyway, Nevada's number one, and they're also number one in the greed category. California is number two. Uh, Texas is number three and number one in the lust category. Now, California being number two isn't number one in anything. We're just generally sinful. Um, but so how uh, Texas, can Texas be number number one in the lust category when we have the porn capital of the world in the San Fernando Valley. Well, apparently that's where all of the uh, people who um, who uh, uh, use take take advantage of that product uh, live is in Texas. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to say that properly. <laughs> yeah, you know, eh, okay. So um, okay. jealousy number one in jealousy is Georgia, and they sit number four overall. Um, really? Yeah. Then Florida is number five, and like California, Florida is 
not number one in anything, but uh, but just overall bad. So these are the these are the seven deadly sins, like greed right. and laziness and what I you know um, gluttony and I say laziness, it's sloth. But yeah, is that what they're talking yeah. about? Yeah, so what they did is, um, uh, and forgive anybody who's listening, I kind of talked about this a little before you joined, but uh, the the seven deadly sins, uh, they've kind of broken them down into to things they can measure actively. So like uh, anger and hatred is, is uh, you know, the number of violent crimes, sex offenders, and bullying is what they measure. For jealousy, they, they measure identity, theft, and fraud. For excess and vices, they they measure obesity rates and and share of adult smokers and drug overdose deaths. For greed, gambling disorders and embezzlement arrests. For lust, time spent on porn sites and prostitution arrests. That's where Texas stands out. Yay, Texas. Uh, Vanity, the number of beauty salons per capita and money spent on personal care products. And then for laziness, time spent watching TV and share of adults that don't uh, uh, go to regular exercise programs, and uh, and so you know they try to to take each of those things and and say, well, what are measurable things that indicate that? Um, and you know, clearly this isn't science because that connection is dubious just to begin with. But like you said, it's fun to kind of uh, so, you know so poo poo the California, the bad guys and polish California the, the, the is not number one in vanity. That no, we're not number one in anything. Right. We're not That's number one in anything. So yeah. Who's number one in vanity? Well, they don't list vanity specifically. They um, excess and vices is what they call it, um, and that is Louisiana. They're number six overall and number one in excess and vices. Tennessee's number seven overall, number one in anger and hatred. <laughs> That's a the, put that on your chamber of commerce uh, website. <laughs> Number eight and nine aren't number one in anything, but they are South Carolina and Illinois in um, in order. And then rounding out the top ten is Mississippi, who is number one in laziness. Uh, and I've got well, family you know in Mississippi, and they're hardworking folks. So you know, it, it, it again, is hot in Mississippi. It yeah, is hot in, in the summer. In the summer, not only is it is it uh, hot, it's buggy, and so once the sun goes down, you stay inside. You know, right. it's like we don't we're not doing any more work. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. You get eaten alive. Well, you get eaten alive even even in the dark. It's just uh, yeah. it's it's especially, uh, you know, uh, down in the Delta area. Boy, it's 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 like Skeeter City. Uh, and, and for those who want to polish their halos, uh, the 10 least sinful states <laughs> in starting with the with number 41. Minnesota, oh. Nebraska, North Dakota, and you're going. Wait a minute, they're all sort of middle of the country. No, Maine. Maine is next. Oh. Then Iowa, New Hampshire or New Hampshire, uh, Utah, Vermont, Idaho, and the number one least sinful. Pat yourself on the back after you take off your hat. Wyoming. that I did I did the right thing by marrying uh, somebody who was from solid mis- midwestern stock. <laughs> <laughs> they got some good values in the Midwest. They do. They do. Yeah. 
They got good values everywhere. Don't blame the location, right? It's the people. It's the people. Although you know you are exposed to different things, different things when you're growing up in you know in you know Compton, say, versus you know other neighborhoods of Los Angeles, even you know, or you know, it's it's you you you're right. You are sort of a product of your time and place, and so. um, And your parents are solidly Midwestern, and they raised you right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, my parents are solidly Midwestern, both of them born and raised in Kansas, and then we lived all over the place, but they're, you know, my dad still refers to the cement, and uh, <laughs> whereas the rest of the world says cement, uh, uh, you know, there's, crick? so, uh, no, I've never heard him say crick, but uh, there are certainly some some uh, Midwestern affectations in, in the language there that, um, you know, Gives away his his uh, rural upbringing in Kansas, and uh, you know what? And it's something to be. I think you know, be proud of. Be proud of where you're from and what you do. Heck yeah! You know? Absolutely. Me, I was born in Hawaii, and I'm proud of it. I'm an island boy. Mahalo. Mahalo. You are a Mahalo. Howie. Yeah. Howie just means you're a white person, and I think it means you have no soul. Like they think all how ha- ha- not they, but like you know the the Howley means. A white person with no soul, I think. <laughs> we are all white people, Howleys. That's what they say. My mother and I, edu- my mother educated me about that because she was happy with her dark hair and olive skin that she could pass for a Hapa Howley when she lived in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a Hawaiian term for individuals who are not native Hawaiian or Polynesian. It means any foreigner or anything else introduced to the uh, uh, Hawaiian islands of foreign origin, though commonly applied to people of European ancestry. According to the fine folks at Wikipedia. Yes. Yeah. So my mom, when she lived in Hawaii, the first time, well, she moved around a couple times, and she finally landed in um, in Waianae, which is supposed to be, you know, that's the rough side of the island. But, you know, she was born in Los Angeles, so, you know, whatever. Um, uh, you know, she had no problem, none. Everybody left her alone, and they were neighbors were as friendly as anybody else, and the rough side of the island wasn't so bad. She actually really loved it over there because when she was on the other side, it, side, it rained all the time. And the, mm-hmm. the, quote, rough side of the island was dry. She loved it. Yeah, yeah. The windward and wayward sides of islands are the, the are very different in the way that their um, climate is set up. So, yeah, there is it is it is sort of used as a racial slur against the, the white people who, who, you know, stole our culture type of thing. Um, yes. You know, so it's not. Uh, and in fact, it's um, informally the last day of school is called Kilahali Day. Uh, so, so yay. <laughs> yeah. We, we kind of earned that, Todd. Yeah, well, I mean. Not that we should be killed, but that we kind of earned People that. of my skin tone earned that. I'm not taking any credit, but, you know, but yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, no, I know what you meant. I know, I know. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Nonetheless, that is who I are, so, uh. Help it and they couldn't help it, and you know, whatever. Yeah, you're born who you're born, yeah, exactly. 
you know, uh, Kansas born or Hawaiian born and Kansas bred, I guess is the, is the right, uh, uh, so now Tobin on the other hand is both Kansas born and bred. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Traveled back to the home state there for that one. Which I think is awesome, you know? Yeah. 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 It's kind of, uh kind of cool so um so let's see what else is going on in the world we talked about um uh, we talked about greediest angers we talked about... oh this thing about these guys <laughs> stranded at sea i know oh my god right? yeah, i was like well first of all i'm like why but then at the very end of the article they kind of explain why these guys uh five men stranded at sea f- since 2017 since 2017 i'm going to cut to the chase they didn't leave at some point over the last several years because they were holding out for payment for their time on the ship and under maritime law if they abandoned the ship they could be detained and held responsible for leaving an abandoned ship out at sea and so they just stayed on the ship yeah so what happened was the company that owned the ship essentially i think had financial difficulties and they abandoned the ship so they just stopped paying them so these guys were basically out on this ship in the persian gulf and uh and so they had set anchors and they were essentially relying on the charity of passing ships to give them food and stuff um so that they can continue to live they were begging for food uh, Can you imagine? I think that law needs to be changed. The people who are responsible are the people who own the bloody ship. Yeah, not the poor folks that are on it that aren't even being paid. They're basically basically said that they felt like they were slaves. Like if they left, they could be, you know, arrested and thrown in jail. And mind you, this is in the Persian Gulf, so you're not wanting to be in those jails. Uh, no. Not that you ever want to be in any jail, but, you know, I, some are better than others. Um so anyway, eventually the anchors rusted through, the chains holding the anchors rusted through, and the ship then was adrift, and it basically came ashore in Dubai. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, they towed it then to Dubai. Um, it, it, it ran aground in the United Arab Emirates, which is next door. Um, anyway, so they then towed it into a port in Dubai. Um, after... Uh, some court actions, I guess they met with reps of Alco Shipping, which who were the owners of the ship, and the company is in better financial straits now, but they had kind of written off that ship and just forgotten about it. Uh, they agreed to pay the men part of their back pay uh, and to take responsibility for the ship. Quite frankly, uh, if the, the ship was abandoned and you're the five guys on there, I would have said, okay, the ship has been legally abandoned. We claim it is salvage. Let's sell it, and that's how we're going to get paid. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know? how is that not attempted murder to leave guys floating out there on their own? Yeah. For five yeah. years. Yeah, since 2017. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, um, they were owed about $230,000 in back pay. Apparently, they're going to pay them about $165,000, which, you know, for a big corporation, I'm going, what? why? What's the difference? Just pay them the 230000 <laughs> You know, in fact, you should pay them two thirty plus hazardous you know, duty pay or something. Yes. Um, anyway, they finally get to come home, and they finally get paid. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah, this is nuts. Yeah. It's just yeah. Nuts. I I I have a hard time believing that that I would have stayed on that ship. 
I don't care what the laws are. Like I said, I think I would have claimed it as salvage and said, I'm selling it to the highest bidder. That's how I'm getting paid. See ya. But then what if you could be charged with theft, right? I mean, that there has to be a legal provision to, for you to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah, and it says Al- uh, Alco Shipping abandoned it. Well, do they officially say they abandoned it or do they just, you know, just stop? At what point is it officially abandoned and salvageable? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't I'm know. sure there's there's all kinds of rules. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be uh, uh, thrown in jail for dealing in stolen goods. Yeah, you know that's a pretty big stolen good. Yes, in some yeah. Middle Eastern port. Yeah, Vinay Kumar is an Indian engineer who was on the ship, and he said we were begging for food. We're like slaves. We're begging for food as as other ships go by. That's so. insane. That's just nuts. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Well, I'm glad that they're home safe. I wonder if they have families that have been waiting for them or spouses remarry or, you know, I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's That's pretty awful. And this is, you know, this is a tanker ship. It's not tiny. These things are, you know, a thousand foot long, some of them. I mean, they're big, big ships. Um, and, and it doesn't say whether or not they were, you know, whether it was full of oil. I mean, for all, all we know, it was, you know, a uh, loaded ship, but it might not have been. I mean, there's not, there's not that many details here. But uh, 5,000 ton uh, MT... Eba and the oil tankers ship their owner Alco Shipping ran into financial troubles. It stopped paying them and abandoned the ship in the Persian Gulf. Wow. Yeah. That was roughly three years ago when they just quit paying them. Which is weird because it says 2017 and it says three years ago. So it says, okay, five men stranded for years at sea. Okay. It wasn't five years. It's three years. But, uh, but yeah, still, three years. Still a long three time. years out on a ship with no pay, no food, no support. Good luck. Yeah. So now, that's something to talk about, huh? Tell your grandkids. So, yeah. No kidding. Um, so New York is apparently suing Amazon over what they call deficient a, a deficient COVID response. Yeah, I was reading about that. It's, I just think um, that that's ironic because if you think about um, deficient ironic COVID that New responses, York, the second worst state in the country, is now suing somebody else over yes, over COVID response. This is the same. <laughs> this is the same state that sent the elderly with COVID back into nursing homes. So yeah. you know, um, uh, yeah, I, I this is just really irritating. Uh, apparently, yeah. the suit. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that Amazon said, didn't do things badly, but it's ironic that that New York's the state that's going to try to say that. Yes. <laughs> yes, they allege that Amazon both failed to put in place COVID safeguards for its New York City workers and retaliated against those who spoke up about the situation. So, um apparently Amazon was mm-hmm. waiting for the suit to be filed, it did not catch them by surprise. Um and so uh, yeah, they've actually in federal court said that the, he doesn't have standing to sue them, that, that it's a federal issue, right? Well, you know, uh, doesn't mean it won't be refiled in federal court. It's just one of those. Right. 
You know, I mean, that was the issue with a lot of the suits that Trump's people had when they were trying to argue about things in, in the votes in different states is they were bringing things into court, but they didn't have standing to bring things into court. There's there's legal rules about who can complain about certain things. And and so you've got to get it right. You know, I can't go complain that, you know, as a third party that somebody else was mistreated if that person doesn't come forward and say, yeah, I was mistreated. And so, um, you know, there's just legal hoops you have to jump through and make sure that the right person is complaining. So, yeah, I mean, it'll all eventually either get played out in court or get dismissed one way or the other, right? Yep. So, but, you know, one of his complaints was that Amazon took advantage of COVID to for, to increase their, their uh, um, uh, revenue. And it's like, um, yeah. If they hadn't, then none of us would have been able to get anything because everything else was being shut down. You know, um, I, it seems that that seems like a really stupid and petty thing to be saying in a lawsuit that Amazon was taking advantage of COVID. No, Their business they had model... an increased demand that they met, that they worked very hard to meet. Exactly. You know, they, they did their very best to do that, you know, and, and I I. You know, they work in big warehouses. I imagine that, yeah, at least initially, there was probably some frustration and some concern about the safety and people there. And as time went by, they implemented more and more rules as they understood what was going on and how COVID spreads. And and so, you know, they've probably done more and more to, to sort of make it a safer environment over time. But initially, none of us really knew, you know, and to do some sort of um, um, uh, revisionist history to say that, you know, so-and-so didn't immediately start behaving the way that they behave a year later is also not, doesn't make sense, you know? So, I don't know. I think they're trying to deflect from the fact that New York is the second worst state in the union to live in if you're wanting, if you're trying to avoid getting COVID. <laughs> you know, especially after yes. they, they got all that, all that positive feedback from the from the uh, news agencies saying how wonderful, what a great job Cuomo had done. And he was the, the, the most brilliant man on the planet because he set them up to, to deal with COVID perfectly. And then people looked at the numbers and went, uh, what? How come yeah, they're so not, bad then? Not so much. How, how come they're second worst per capita? You know, and, and part of that is, I mean, you got to understand, you know, the issues that people, that the state of California deals with, are different than the issues that Nebraska deals with and different than New York deals with. Each of these states have cities and states and people living in different environments. You know, you don't live the same way in Nebraska as you do in New York. That's by design. People who live in Nebraska don't want to live in New York City. You know, people who live in, in Southern California don't want to live in New York City. It's a different kind of place, and that presents different issues in terms of, uh, you know, mitigation of disease transmission so you know i mean i don't blame them completely but yeah sending people who are testing positive back into their homes uh back into the um retirement or or rest homes is stupid on its face yes it's sending an event you know. yeah i mean it's just dumb <laughs> that doesn't take that doesn't take a genius to figure out that's just like oh let's take the sick people and put them back where all of these highly um uh, uh risk uh, high risk people live let's send them back over there with them because that's not going to cause any problems so yeah yeah crazy people 
Crazy people. So any sports ball news? Well, Lakers won last night. Um, one of their two stars, Anthony Davis, uh, came out of the game two days ago because of he re-injured a, a calf-slash-Achilles area, and uh, there were a lot of people in the sports world going having flashbacks of what happened to... Um, 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 Kobe. Uh, well, Kobe, uh, very much so, because he, he broke an Achilles, or torn an Achilles, and was never quite the same. And then last, just last year, um, uh, he was sitting out. He's basically sat out an entire season. Um, um, Kevin, um, I can't think of the guy's name. He's on the Nets now. Was on the Golden State Warriors. Durant. Uh, Durant, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> from the non-sports person. Yeah, Durant, you dummy. Um, Kevin Durant um, also had a, an injury, and he basically sat out an entire season. And he seems to have like broken the trend of coming back, and he seems to be doing just as well as he was before he uh, got injured, which is not usually what happens. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of concern, but uh, they did an MRI on it yesterday, and uh, apparently he's okay. Uh, it's not a tear, and so they're going to rest him for at least two or three weeks and let it heal up completely before they let him go back out and play. But he's walking around like normal. It's just not one of those things where you want to put the stresses and strains of you know professional athletes, uh, athletics on on that you know slightly injured part. And so he'll be out for, I would bet he's out for the better part of a month um, uh, while he just kind of rests and goes through uh, physical therapy and stuff on that uh, on that leg. So, uh, but better safe than sorry. I would rather he be, I would rather the, the, the team not be as strong and maybe uh, drop in the standings a little bit, even if that means we don't um, get ranked as high for the playoffs and have him fully 100% healthy for the playoffs than than, you know, bring him in before he's ready and get an injury that could then damage his long-term prospects in his career. So, um, you know, I hope that that, uh, he is of that same attitude. You know, being a young man, you want to get out there and do your thing, and it's hard to sit and become a cheerleader. So we'll see what... uh, no kidding. What happens. So apparently there's a new story out that says that scientists have a new theory... um, uh, on, on what might have killed the dinosaurs. Um, but uh, it essentially comes down to sort of the same thing. They're thinking that rather than an asteroid, that it was a uh, long-range comet, that the comet was uh, one of those that's on a long-range cycle that you know we might see come by the Earth once every uh, multiple thousands of years, um, and that, uh, that it got kind of tugged out of its regular orbit by the gravity of Jupiter. And that that's what then uh, uh, possibly plowed into the Earth, which then is what killed all the dinosaurs. They're fairly certain that it was an impact, though, because they found that layer of sediment. And right below that layer of sediment is where we find virtually all of our dinosaur um, um, uh, bones, all of the all of the fossils. So I don't know, I guess I guess for for scientists, the difference between. One and the other is a big deal, but for most of us, you know, it's like we don't care if it's a comet or an asteroid. They, you know, dinosaurs certainly didn't care. They're all dead. So, Well, the you only know. thing that, that, that the difference that I can see is that a comet could come back. Right. If it's a long-term comet, you know, if uh, uh, 
the other thing is, is though, you know, it's it, which one is more likely to happen again, right? What's more likely to hit us and whether that, you know, this kind of thing could happen to us? Because, you know, there's a lot of effort being put into, you know, looking at the skies and seeing what are, what's out there that might hit us and cause us some trouble, right? And they're hard to see. They're small, in relatively small in the vastness of space. And it's not like they've got light bulbs on them. Um, you know, but yeah. you're right. If there's some of these comets are, you know, actually orbiting outside the plane of the planets, um, the chances of us seeing it before it's, you know, coming in at us cl in a close range is are probably probably pretty slim. So and then what do we do if we do see it? Yeah. Shoot it out of, the, uh, out of the sky. I mean, is that what yeah. Space Force is all about or, you know? Yeah. Well, and comets, you know, comets tend to be icy snowball type of things, whereas asteroids um, come in a variety of different ways, but they tend to be more rocky or, or solid uh, in, in terms of how they're defined. So the question is, yeah, you know, if you try to blow it up, do you just get like lots of smaller chunks that still hit? And if so, does that lessen the how cataclysmic the the impact would be or not? Or does it just make it harder? You know, how do you move those things? There's all kinds of things. All you do is watch the, the science channel and, you you know, so, sooner or later a show will cycle through telling you the different ways we could possibly do something. And they always end with, but of course, we don't have any of this in place right now, <laughs> which means right now we do nothing. <laughs> you know, so, you know, yeah, if you want to lay awake at night panicking can. about things crashing into the planet and killing all humanity, well, be my guest. But, you know, <laughs> I don't think that's a positive way to live your life. No, no, it's true. I do have to question, though, you know, if they saw something that was coming towards Earth, say we even had a year or two before, you know, they spotted it. It's coming at us. We know it's going to hit us. It will be devastating. Do you think that they would just keep it quiet for as long as they could because there's nothing we can do about it at this point? I mean, they might start trying to build something that they could do within a year to stop it. Right. But and the other thing is, is, you know, once it's spotted, there's, you know, the 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 Russians and the Chinese and Indians. And I mean, there's plenty of countries that have the ability, you know, Europeans to, to see out into space as well as we do in some cases better. Um, although most of that stuff at the science level is, is shared. So I don't know how much they could keep it quiet, but you know, there's nothing to say that we decide we're not going to do anything, but the Russians say, no, we're going to launch nukes at it, you know, or you know, there's disagreement on, on you know how to treat the 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 Uyghurs? How are we going to get them to agree on how we're going to handle a, a giant snowball hurtling towards Earth? You know, I don't know. I don't know that it would like bring humanity together in any sense. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's something to ponder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want a nightmare? You want you want to stay up for the rest of your life late at night, shivering in the corners, sweating, cold sweat and, and panicking. Think deep and hard about that. <laughs> so yeah. I have a, a story that's a little more a little closer to home, although still horrific. Uh, this mom who is 24 years old uh, and living in a Motel 6, uh, she um uh, had left her 10-year-old and her 2-year-old in the motel while she went to her job at um, Little Caesars Pizza. Well, somebody reported them, and she has been arrested, and her kids have been put in the care of their father. And, uh, uh, and you know, and there's this picture, this mugshot of her, 
um, you know, and I found myself so angry that she was arrested um, because she was trying to go to work. Clearly, she's homeless. She's living in a motel. Um, yeah. You know, is, is was that the only thing they could do for her? Come on. This happened in yeah. Ohio, and she's been charged with child endangerment. What about the dad? I mean, he obviously, when the cops called, he picked the kids up, but obviously he wasn't there for her when she needed to go to work. They're, you know, they're his kids, too. Doesn't he have mm -hmm. some culpability? So, yeah. Well, um, and why weren't they living, you know, why weren't they, they co-parenting the kids to begin with? I mean, did she move out of the house and she's homeless because this guy is violent? I mean, you know, we don't even know. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it seemed, that seems to me like one of those perfect in, uh, circumstances where somebody should say, how can we help these people? And is, is throwing her in jail the best way to help everybody? No. And yeah, I no, just, I, I, yeah, I, I can't say that it is, you know, unless there's some extenuating circumstances that haven't been made public. I just, why, why is the case so, that she was charged with two counts of endangering her kids? Like I said, and it's a first degree misdemeanor that carries a possible maximum sentence of six months in jail and fines up to a thousand dollars. Great. Was working, that's going to help her get her life under control. She is essentially homeless. I mean, she is homeless. Yeah. In California, she'd be classified as homeless because she's living in a temporary shelter, which is a motel. Yeah. And she had to leave her kids because she doesn't have money for childcare. And she was working at Little Caesars. It's not like she was hitting the bars, you know? She went to yeah. work. Yeah. So At Little Caesars. I, I, <laughs> I know, just... This is not a career move, right? This is, let's let's get enough money so I can feed my kids type of job. Yes, exactly. You know? I, well, now there was a her mom started a uh, a GoFundMe account um, as of last night. It was at seventy five thousand um, dollars. And so um, uh, I don't know where it stands right now. I should pull that up. But yeah. um, unbelievable. Just yeah. I, I if this doesn't show you what's wrong with our system, I don't know what 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 does. She needs services. She needs help. Yeah. Yeah. And instead we get, uh, you know, a gulag type response saying, well, the rules say you've done this, so we have to do that. And not actually looking at the human being there saying, how can we help you? You know, right. it's like, OK, you made a bad decision. You shouldn't be leaving a 10 year old and two year old by themselves. But I understand that you were in a spot where you felt like that was the only decision you could make. You probably wouldn't have made that decision had you had the opportunity to say, I want to just stay here with them. But you know, you've got to be able to feed them. You've got to have some kind of child care somewhere, you know. And so here's some services that are available to you. Sounds to me like a failure of those, those uh, you know, services, making sure that she's even aware of what her options were. Because there's probably some services out there that could have supported her, but she wasn't aware of them. And that's the thing is so many of these people who are in those situations don't know what's available to them, how they can get some help to, to try to get their feet underneath them you know and you know this uh this picture this mug shot of her her eyes and her face are swollen and red she's obviously been crying um yeah you know i just yeah, yeah. i I'm, it, I'm just heartbroken yeah. i'm just yeah just heartbroken wow. so um yeah I, like i said there's a uh, there's a GoFundMe account as of last night because I donated ten bucks. But I, last night they they were up to seventy five thousand um, yeah. dollars, and and I'm still I'm sure it's still growing. 
Yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing where you you know you you really want to help somebody, and and then you hope too that she gets some some solid advice on hey you know uh, here's how you could use that money to help yourself in a long in the long term. Don't just you know buy a van to live in. You know, um, here here's some ways that we can help you. You know, get get she, what she needs. What she needs is some good advice. What she really needs is some good advice, and obviously, right now, she needs a good attorney. Um, yeah, I yeah. So I just checked it, and the um, her her name is Shayna Bell, and her the uh, GoFundMe is up to um, eighty five thousand dollars. Yeah, well, let's hope that all that doesn't go to an attorney. Let's hope that the that the money actually goes to helping her. I mean, you know, I'd hate to see all of that money just end up in a lawyer's pocket trying to yep. keep her out of jail. I hope that there's a judge who just says, you know what, let's 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 handle this the right way. Let's try handle this the humane way. And instead of sending this young lady to jail, let's get her some help that she needs, you know, and uh, and, and go I got to be honest, I, I started babysitting when I was 11. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, we don't it doesn't say how long her shift was at work. It doesn't mm-hmm. say um, how the authorities were notified. Did somebody I'm guessing somebody saw that that she left without her kids and then called the cops um you know it doesn't say that they were uh that the kids were hurt in any way and so you know not that i'm justifying what she what she did i mean she but but you know sometimes things are more complex than the black and white she has to feed her kids so what is she supposed to do yeah you know it's like you know the people at at little caesars aren't going to let her you know have her kids sit in the corner while she's working um yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's just it's let's get past the black and white of the of the situation and the laws and say what can we do to help a human being. Um, you hope that that gets worked out properly. Um, you know, we we talk about her judgment there. Somebody else made a a a some poor judgment. Um, Scott Miller is a uh, silver medalist uh, from 1996. He's a swimmer, or at least a former swimmer for uh, Australia. And uh, he made a boo-boo. He's 45 years old, and he was arrested Tuesday morning after a huge stash of crystal meth was found concealed in candles <laughs> at his oh, house. Uh, he won silver and bronze medals at the 96 Atlanta Olympics. Um, uh, he didn't make it in 2000. He apparently was still competing, but he wasn't able to make it. Um, but he had had a 1998 suspension for marijuana use, so he's, he's been in the drug culture for a while, uh, or at least uh, you know on the periphery of it. Um, he was sentenced to community service in 2008 after a drug arrest as well, and uh, and got a one-year suspended sentence uh, in 2013 after meth and cash were found at his home in Sydney. So. Um, so yeah, he's had some issues over a period of time, but you know, you tend to point to your Olympians as heroes and 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 people who are um uh, examples, right? And uh yeah, he's he's not going down that path. He made a different choice. So, um so yeah. Wow. Apparently there was a large stash and it's not, you know, it this is beyond just using, he's dealing. Uh and he's hiding it in candles. What an idiot! I guess you hollow out the wax candles and shove it up inside. I don't know. What an like, idiot! I'm not sure. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, again, this is something he's done several times. You would hope that uh, that he will, um, in addition to 
uh, jail time, get some counseling and uh, and somebody who can help him make better choices. So, so with that, we are at the end of our podcast today. Yes, we are. You know, it was kind of a, uh, a day of lots of like really bad news stories. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. That's Wasn't, okay. Tomorrow uh, will be better. That's right. Tomorrow we'll come in with all kinds of positive and happiness and shiny, happy people we will be. So thanks for joining us today. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.